Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Tarek. Hello, everybody. Oh, Tarek is guacamole jokes. <laughs> and uh, a very special guest tonight, Mr. Steve Anderson. Hey, guys. How are you? Excellent. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Steve. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I, I think this is at least my second time, maybe third, on the Welcome to the Welcome to the Gun Show. I think it's second, second, but, second but time. But we now have it recorded that you'll do a third. So we sort of, yeah. Oh. I will literally do it anytime. I, I I I love this stuff. I love talking about it. You guys are some of my favorite people in the sport. I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. And we really Thank appreciate you. you joining us. For sure. Thanks, Steve. You are always welcome. Just drop one of the sort of three idiots a message and <laughs> we'll make it happen you'll need to pick which one you want to talk to though um guys guys is the one everyone wants to talk to guys so, is uh, like a superstar yeah he is it's probably because he's so quiet and everything he says is profound so i know and then when he finally says something it sounds like he wrote it out and edited it you know and anytime somebody has a technical question i always send him to gas because my take is well be doing it this way. Timer says it's good. Gaz is like, well, I find that a 45-degree angle really helps my lateral dispersion of all the muscles that I'm using to drive the gun harder to the target I'm presenting on. And I'm like, yeah, what he said. <laughs> the only thing that could make that entire voice and speech better if you ended it with, I recommend simple, you should get a Glock. <laughs> Well, Gaz, that's actually a good question for you. You, you do seem to understand and present things a lot more technically. Is, is that just how your brain works because you, you work on machines and build things and fix things? Yeah, it sort of comes naturally to me that way um, more often than not. It's not something that I ever really need to think of before I say it, if that, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's all you get from Gaz. He's yeah. already done explaining himself. It's over. <laughs> that's just like, like yeah. That's just like Jason from Targets USA. Uh, he sent me a big old box of stuff with not a single instruction, not a single picture. And a year later, he comes to my house and goes, "Why isn't this stuff put together?" I'm like, "Dude, you know, he's just angles and bolts, and I don't." Why isn't this put together? Because you haven't come around to put it together. <laughs> yeah. So engineers think everybody talks like that. I'm more of an artist type. You know, I, I tend to do more in the way things feel and the way they sound as opposed to, you know, nuts and bolts of let's do this. Plus, we know that anytime you're working with a handgun, there there may be more, more than one way to get it right. Um, certainly in the case of holster angles, there may be one more, <laughs> more than one. I knew that was going to come up. Yes, I've been I've been waiting all day. Cornet, you were the shooter, weren't you? Uh, yeah, you you didn't like the uh, the angle that I had my holster at, and uh, so I was pretty. I, so obviously, I knew it was tech. I was pretty sure it was you. So the first time I went to South Africa, oh oh, Cornet, he I can't remember if it was forward or backwards. Was it forward or backward? Muzzle, Muzzle forward. forward. Okay, of course, Tarek, muzzle forward. And I, so I'm talking <laughs> to Cornet, and at this point, I hadn't met Tarek. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that he was 
such a great shooter and all the rest. I just, I just kept hearing this name, you know, and, and all I could think of to ask Cornet was, who is the idiot that told you to put your holster like that? <laughs> and I was happy to oblige with who the idiot was. And he kind of looks around the range and goes, Tarek. And I didn't know who Tarek was, you know. Um, but there are certainly good reasons to do that. I just don't know what they are. <laughs> Mine's back to that angle. <laughs> <laughs> See, good success. I, I think because we don't do often do surrender starts. Sure. And that's what I was going to say. That's really the only time it's a problem. Like We um, never surrender in South Africa. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, if I could just get started, uh, I got to take control of you guys because you guys are always out of control. Um, in America, it's not customary to drink so heavily during podcasts. That may be why we have trouble. <laughs> Who's drinking heavily? Oh, this, this, this is water. We're barely I mean, drinking. Oh, this, this is, is not water, water, but this is water. I have water over here. <laughs> so, so what I'd like to do first, if, if you don't mind is go ahead and list the schedule of events for my trip to South Africa. And, and then we can have all the shenanigans. I highly encourage shenanigans, but I, I, I need to get the business stuff out of the way first. Let's do so, the business stuff. Let's do it. So yeah. October uh, 8, 9, and 10 at the UFAS shooting range near Gauteng. How'd I do? What's the landmark they need to look for, Steve? Perfect. Something something statue. Front puller. <laughs> front puller monument. Yes, the okay. front puller monument. Gauteng. That's perfect. It's the Gauteng military range. And we're going to do one day of mental management classroom and then a two-day shooting class. Um, what's really cool about mental management is if... If you've ever been frustrated, and everyone listening to this program has, if you've ever been frustrated by not having access to what you know is your current level of skill, mental management will drag that out of you. And, and, and doesn't that suck to practice and practice and practice, and you go to the match and none of it's there? Right? It really Gaz, does. It does, Gaz yeah. did you go through that at some point? Oh, yeah. It's pretty frustrating, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No, it's very frustrating. And if you and get stuck in the, the wrong circle, you can't find your way out. And if, if you don't you're know. like, sure. And if you're like me and all you can think of to do is practice more, that's, that's what I liken to literally doing sit-ups for a head wound. If I've stabbed myself in the head and I think, okay, I'm bleeding from my head, what should I do? I know sit-ups. Not only will it make the bleeding worse, but it ain't going to solve the problem. And so mental management is literally the owner's manual for the competition mind under pressure. And we talk about what pressure is. People try to make pressure go away. And one of the things Lanny Basham says is that pressure is why winning feels so good. Pressure is why winning nationals feels better than winning a league night, right? Because the pressure. And if we make it go away, that elation of that next level victory goes away as well. Um, so we'd be, doing, we'd be doing mental management and then we'll be doing a two day pistol class, um, in which we cover, gosh, everything, you know, Gaz, is, is there anything that two day class doesn't cover? No, it covers everything. The only thing it doesn't cover is moving targets. Um, only because we, we don't always have access to all the different kinds of movers. Um, but everything but moving targets is, is covered. And if, if we can find some, some moving targets, we'll cover that as well. Yeah. 
I'm sure moving yeah. targets can be found. South Africa is full of those. Um, and one thing we may or may not do in this class is set the berm on fire with tracer rounds. We did have that trouble last last time a couple of times. Uh, somebody got a hold of some tracers and set the berm on fire on numerous occasions. So hopefully we don't do that. It, it, it is a military the range. They, yeah. are, they, they do it all the time anyway because it's a military range. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things. Um, I'm ready to keep the grass just, short. Let's just get some context around this, and I don't seem to have the dates in my, in my diary. Sure. It's the, it's the 10th of October. Yes, yep. no, I, I got that one. The level four is the? End of October. Uh, it's the, I think day one's the 22nd of October. Okay, so if you attend Steve's course on the 8th, 9th, and 10th, you'll have, so two weeks after the start of that course, you will be shooting the level four in Stillfontein, which is not too close to the to the level four that you're going to mess yourself up by learning new techniques or trying to go fast. Um, it's just enough time for you to start getting that stuff into your head, understanding it, see it done in class, have a little bit of time to do in dry fire, obviously in match mode and not sort of the other modes that you're going to learn in the class to prepare for the level four. I think your timing could not be better, Steve. Like, literally, I don't think your timing could be better. Yeah, Two weeks is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, hang on. We have to pause. Garrett Garrett wants to speak. I said, yeah, it's perfect. Yes. We got The other thing that we should add into that is that um, this time you'll be doing the mental management beforehand. So regardless, you're going to learn things at the class, and then you've got now you've got the mental skills to apply it at, at the level four. You'll have those skills taped. Yeah, I mean, Jack's aside, a lot of the times with these classes, what happens is they happen like like the Thursday, Friday before a big match mm -hmm. or, or the Monday, Tuesday, and you get to the big match. And now you're trying to do the new stuff you've learned and then the buzzer goes and you're now doing half the new stuff you've learned and, and, and half the stuff you know. Um, and and I've only, I've, I've primarily done mental stuff with Steve, but men, Steve's mental stuff is spectacular. Uh and you've got that time to to kind of internalize it so that when you get to the match, you're you're in a stronger position. If you're shooting classic, don't do the course because I'm doing shooting classic. But <laughs> Wait, it's it's yeah. hard to get a better endorsement than that. If you're competing against <laughs> me, don't go. <laughs> That's a pretty great endorsement. Thanks, man. Um, one, one thing I want to add about that particular um, in, environment is doing the mental management before we go to the range does a couple of things. It's going to change the way you think about your shooting, pun intended, and you'll understand the terms. Um, and then October the, uh oh, hang on. Oh, they're out of order. Okay. So October 6th, there's a one day at the same range. October 7th, we'll be doing a dry fire tune up. Oh, I see. She's just got it back. She just got them backwards. And then the mental management on the 8th, could could be done by itself or it could be combined with that two-day class because we're two-day class we we wouldn't want any more than 10 shooters but mental management is as many as that wonderful building holds you know we could have um garrett how this is one thing i've been meaning to ask ask people w one thing i don't know is how quickly can a shooter apply 100 percent of mental management what do you think the answer to that is immediately yeah, you, were, were you able to use all of it right away? Yes, yeah, so you can use all of it right away. 
Um, I think the way that everything gets structured out, it, it allows you to basically start utilizing those tools immediately. Um, with that, re that change in focus, the change of point of understanding those things, basically from the layout, the way you teach it and the way you present it allows guys to use it immediately. And what's been your favorite part of it without giving too much away? Uh, mastering self-image change. Mm. He actually knows the name of the class. <laughs> yeah. So, so that one in particular is really cool because it allows you to redesign yourself as a shooter from the ground up to be whatever you want to be as a shooter. Now, the only requirement is you have to be willing to change. And that's where people get stuck. Um, shooting makes it a little bit easier because people don't really want to be stuck sucking. They want to do better. But then you say, okay, well, how much drive are you willing to do? Oh, here you go, Corne. This was just for you. I'll do anything you want me to do, but I ain't going to drive fire. That's dumb. <laughs> How was that? Was that that's, good? That, that is really good, but that's not generally what I, I think when I think of this one. What I generally think is, I ain't going to do that much drive fire. I'm just going to do this little bit, and you want me to keep a, a, a notebook? What do you mean? <laughs> are you telling me? that I got to do my daily drive fire and then sit down and write about it? What kind of crazy stuff is that? Yeah, pretty good. That's exactly the one that I, I that's that's the, the, the sort of image I have in my mind when you say people are, are like stubborn to change is the, oh, you want me to do this and this? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? So I was, and I was talking to Lenny Basham about that. Uh, I, I get to call him on a regular basis. Um, for money, of course, he charges me for these phone calls. That's okay. Uh, it's worth every penny. And he, Lanny doesn't joke a lot, but I was I was explaining to him uh, what, uh, an issue I had with a, with a particular client, and he just kind of chuckled a real soft, <laughs> well, he can keep doing what he's been doing and keep getting what he's been getting, or he can try something new. Exactly. And that's just, poof, mic drop, you know really powerful stuff because that is literally what happens if you keep doing what you've been doing you keep getting what you've been getting and if you're cool with that that's great if you want something a little different you need to do something a little different and that's that's where the middle management comes into play um we we have had resistance to speed mode in south africa and uh we always win them over so one of the things we talk about is everybody wants to get faster but sometimes we're not willing to take a Charlie or a Delta for, for literally three minutes, maybe four. You know, um, that that attitude is a lot more prevalent in South Africa, probably because the hit factors tend to be a little bit lower. Um, and Gaz, I do have one question for you, very specifically. Yeah. Have you switched over to the center of available target on partials 100%? Yeah, 100%, all the time. And have, have you ever regretted it in any situation ever? No, not once. Isn't that cool? Uh, that's one of the other things that we get a lot of resistance on is uh, when you have a partial target, instead of going for the A zone, shoot it in the middle of the available target area. And then the next thing we hear is, are you telling me I got to go out and shoot a Delta? It's not what we're saying. And what we're saying is you're never going to have a mic and you're never going to have a no shoot. And what you wind up generally, and isn't it neat, Garrett, how well it actually scores when you do that? 
you know, you get Alpha Charlie as often as you get Charlie Delta, maybe more often. Yeah, more often for sure. And right. typically you wind up with two Charlies while shooting major. I, I'm not a mathematician. Uh, Cornet, you're probably the smart one. Ah, Garrett's probably. Uh, me and Stein mix. Well, well, I like well, how we've left Tarek out. Thank, thanks so much, Mr. Anderson. And it's because thanks for joining you, us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> you're not a mathematician, though. You're not a mathematician. Okay. No, I'm not a clever man. So, well, here's the deal. I'm not either. So you and I are the same. I I don't know if two Charlies, and we'll and, and we'll test your math skills here, Tarek. Is two Charlies any better than Alpha Mike No Shoot? Yes. Is it a little better or is it a lot better? It's substantially better. Yeah. So that's that's the thing, see? And the that is one of the two things, maybe the three things I didn't know when I was on the super squad. I was standing there putting surgical alphas on partials. I never hit a mic, never hit a no-shoot, but it took me forever, right? The other thing that I didn't know was I was I was on the super squad shooting nationals, and I was still in run fast, shoot fast, right? That's all I could do is run fast and shoot fast. Garrett, how long did you spend in run fast, shoot fast? Sorry, fast. Uh, fast, yeah. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> um, he speaks and he made a joke. Write that, write that down. <laughs> um, I didn't spend very long in run fast, shoot fast. Um, a lot of the guys who helped me get into the sport were very much keep moving sort of guys. So I sort of got that from the beginning. But at a later stage, I needed to learn how to move fast when I wasn't able to keep moving and shooting at the same time. So I, I was sort of roles reversed. Yeah. 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 Now, one advantage you might have had is, was there uh, the internet when you started shooting? Yes. Yeah, we had... the internet when he was born? <laughs> He's well, 12 <laughs> and a half. <laughs> so, Terry, you're probably about my age. Are you 50 yet or are you still in your 40s? I'm, I'm, I'm in my early-ish 40s. Oh, okay. So, you're actually younger than me still. So, when I started, AOL was just starting out. How old are you, Cornet? 35. 35? So you guys never endured the AOL dial-up, or certainly not for very long. Um, I'd, I'd like to just point out briefly to you that while I'm 43 and, and, and not 50, I did grow up in South Africa, which is in the third world. Um, so we, we, we know... Very, very bong. <laughs> and then so just as it downloads, someone phones. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason that's important is there was no internets when I started. And so we didn't know what this looked like. We didn't know what it was supposed to. I mean, if you didn't go to nationals, you would never know. Um, and nobody had a cell phone with a, with a case. So, you, so if you wanted video, you had to take, I actually had a Super 8 camcorder, you know, and it was very, very primitive trying to figure this stuff out. So there just, there wasn't a lot of information. Um, but but when I learned to do things sooner and stay moving instead of just running fast and shooting fast, what a massive game changer. Just those two things. I would have achieved my goal of top 10, top 16, no problem. Because I was running fast and prairie dogging and then getting back down and running fast and prairie dogging and shooting fast. And Except on partials where I'd slow way down and use my little scalpel to get two perfect alphas right there in the A zone. And, the, and these are shortcuts that we want to save people. We don't want people 
to to labor under these misconceptions for their entire career. We at least want to help them out a little bit. So with the shooting the center of the available target area, at least in, in, in South Africa, I'm not quite sure what IPSC sort of globally does. Uh, they they over, shoot IPSC in America, do they shoot USPS? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I mean IPSC. I, I'm not talking about the US specifically <laughs> because, but over here, the document that describes how stages should be designed and then built includes language that pretty much says that a shooter must be given the opportunity to shoot all the points that are available. Which means you, you you will always have a, a portion of the alpha available, but it'll usually be decent enough in size that I'm not saying shoot alphas, I'm saying shoot center of the, the available target area, but you'll probably never be forced to shoot a delta. You'll right. probably over here always have a Charlie available for full partials. Yeah, for and I, I recommend that people don't make that distinction. Meaning if you, and I can think of one gentleman in particular, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him or me, that if you told him to shoot two Charlies, he would have a heart attack. But if you tell him to shoot the center of the able target area, he's probably getting a smaller, your, the smaller your wobble zone is, the, the the more likely you are. And when when we do it in class, trying to be respectful, not, not uh, uh, comical, but... Uh, I can always tell. A guy goes in there and pops alpha mic, no shoot. Hey, uh, where were you aiming there, hot rod? I was holding the alpha. Do you regret that in any way? Yes, I do. And it's just such a game changer. And Gaz, I'm sure you've noticed how much more aggressive you can be on partials now. Yeah, it's you basically get to a point where because you found that center of the available target area that the no shoot's not in play. Yeah, it's wonderful. And guys, when Garrett speaks, you need to write it down because it's very brief and it's very epic every single time. It really is. One of these days, we're going to cut me and T out of all the past episodes. And we're going to, I mean, we're at like, we've probably done like 35 or 40 hours of audio now that people can listen to. You can listen to us for like an entire work week without pausing. Um, we're going to cut T and me out entirely. And there'll and be a 30 minute show. What we're going to end up with is 30 minutes of just gas being wonderful. <laughs> That'll be it, brilliant. It, it, if you're like me and you grew up on Kevin Smith films, Gaz is kind of our silent Bob. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Kune or I are the J, um, but Gaz is definitely the silent Bob. <laughs> you're, you're too skinny and I'm too smart to be J. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 smart like a horse and hung like Einstein. We'll need to um, recruit someone to play Jay on this show. Um, <laughs> I was on the range, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, something like that, with a Sorry, shooter who, who hadn't shot, no problem, still, who hadn't shot, the range. yeah, not often, who, who hadn't shot much IPSC, and he was asking about what that mic cost him. And he was quite surprised when I said, that's minus 10. And he's like, What? It's minus 10. And I go, yes, but we also have to like deduct the five points you would have gotten if you shot an alpha. So technically it's minus 15. And this dude just looked at me. He's like, man, that hurts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. And the scoring, this, the, the scoring can be, can be difficult to understand, uh, particularly when you're new. Um, I, I remember uh, very vividly when I started to do pretty well, winning two stages 
and then asking my buddy why I didn't win the match, you know, and he tried to explain it to me. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I won two stages. I should have won the match. It doesn't work like that. I don't care how it works. I won two stages. How could I possibly not win? You know, <laughs> um, if I could just briefly go over some of the other things we'll discuss since we talked about the center of the old target area. Mm. Um, so that's one of the things we'll, we'll cover in great detail. You'll learn match mode, uh, where match mode, you'll learn to analyze, strategize, memorize, visualize, and then shoot with a singular focus, uh, which goes hand in hand with, with, with mental management. And we do, let's see, we cover group shooting. We cover transitions. Transitions is probably everybody's biggest area for improvement. Um, and then we'll spend two to three hours working on shot calling. Um, Tarek, when did you, when did you understand shot calling? How long did you shoot before you figured that out? A long time. Uh, Me too. In fact, I didn't even think about it until I started listening to some podcast by some dude who had a fair amount of dog noise and some strange eighties hairband. Um, Here's the little baby, by the way. Here's a little baby uh, Doberman. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. How cute is Hello. she? Oh, give me, hey, Haley, can you run Gracie out, please? Um, Thank you. Which I mean, I'd, I'd probably been shooting, I'd probably been shooting IDPA for at least ten years in Ipswich a year or two before it even occurred to me um, to be a thing. It was, you know, pew pew. Ah, look at the target. Pew pew. Meerkat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm. If you don't mind me interrupting here briefly, I'm going to blow a little bit of smoke up, up Steve's backside. Um, to build on what Steve said earlier, I, I'm old enough to remember when instructors were thin on the ground, where, where, where in, in, in South Africa, especially, if you wanted to learn how to shoot good, um, there wasn't there, there wasn't a jump on the internet and have a look. There wasn't a, an instructor on every street corner who would, who would teach you. You had to go mess around with stuff, see what worked, see what didn't work, go the wrong direction nine times out of 10 and eventually kind of work out something that wasn't too terrible. And over the last few years here, we've got more and more guys who can show you better and better ways of doing things. Um, the, 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 the mental management side, especially is it's a speciality. Um, it's a different skill set to teach. Uh, and, and I think it plays a much bigger role than, than most of us want to think about because we're, we're all big, strong, dumb men, most of us anyway. Um, and we're thinking about, you know, sort of shoot fast and miss less. And, and I think Steve brings that to the party and, and, and he's not paying me to say this, but he, he brings a, he, he brings a, a, a very different sort of um, skill set that, that most of us are lacking. Uh, so, it, it's something to consider besides the shooting stuff, no matter, no matter how well you think you shoot and, and, and generally the better you shoot, the more willing you are to, to learn from people because you, you know, you're not perfect, but. Now one second, I got to score to great Dan. Yeah. His, his talons are that long, so he can mess a carpet up very, very, he's like bare <laughs> paw. <laughs> so sorry. No worries. I'll, I'll go back to complimenting you now. So that that <laughs> that that's something to, to 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 seriously consider with this because I know there's often resistance from 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 sort of more experienced shooters. You know, we, we see a lot of the the newer guys are often a little bit more welcome, and it's possibly a generational thing that the, the younger guys are a little bit less arrogant and a little bit less sort of 
set in their ways um, and they're more open to sort of learning newer things. But there's a lot Steve can show you that that you you're not going to get in a lot of other places. Um, you know, he's he and 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 I think that's and this is this is not a an ad, this is not an advert. You know, if you call in the next half hour, you're going to get absolutely nothing. But it, it's something to consider when when you're looking at these these courses that guys go, oh, that's a whole lot of money. I could buy another gun. I could buy whatever. Um, you've probably got a reasonable number of guns if you're listening to this show. Um, if, if, you, if you're shooting IPSEC, you, you probably have some guns in the safe. Um, what you may want to do is be able to shoot them better. Uh, and a big part of that is not walking on the stage and going, how am I going to mess this up? Uh, or, or, or any of, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the king of uh, poor self-image, but, it, you know, it's done for comedic value. Um, but it's it it's really sorry, corn. Um, that that's something I just I, I just want to interject sort of now while we're chatting when guys are going. So yeah, there's there's the the, the centrally available target thing is is really important because we don't think about it. But but Steve is bringing a hell of a lot to the party that that you're not necessarily going to get in other places. Despite him being wrong about the greatest band in the world ever, he is right about this. Are you a Rush guy or an Iron Maiden guy? I'm an Iron Maiden guy. Ah, okay. <laughs> their their new song is 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 interesting. The album's called Senjutsu or something mm. like that. And yeah, Senjutsu. Yeah, that that's, makes more sense. And uh, I actually heard it on the radio the other day, and it's pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I I love listening to Bruce Dickinson sing, man. I mean, if you want to see a large man with long hair and spandex tight sing opera, Maiden is is where you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right so <laughs> we should release video Sorry, i'm, I'm going to interrupt you here very briefly i listened to david lee roth on on uh joe rogan the other day and it was shocking how similar you two are oh yeah yeah it, Dave it, is... it was it was concerning <laughs> so my my I just I love the over the topness. I love the the fierce intelligence behind what you think is a guy who's just wearing a lampshade. He's really smart. Um, doesn't always go out of his way to to, to prove it. Um, but I want to thank you for what you said. And if there's a thing about me that that's different from everybody else that does this, there may be better technical coaches out there. Um, but there's not anybody on the planet who can get your current level of skill out of you on match day than me. I'm the best guy in the world at that. And if you're stuck where you're at and you, 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 you're not happy with your current shooting situation, your, your trajectory or, or whatever, I can absolutely get you to the next level. Now it's going to require you to change some stuff, but you should have known that going in, right? That should be pretty obvious. Um, but thank you, Chuck. That was that, that was very very nice. Um, one other thing that's interesting is I stand behind forty to fifty shooters a month, so I get to see what happens with this mindset. I get to see what happens with that mindset. Your shooting problem is not unique in the world, right? And the the solutions that you may be employing have been tried by others. I can tell you if it's going to be effective or not. Um, that was the, that was the Doberman puppy crying. Is what that? Oh, was. I didn't know if it was yours uh, or mine. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's very squeaky. Hey, Haley. Gracie needs something. 
So, uh, yeah. So, and then the, the shot calling, I spent 10 years as a grandmaster going to nationals thinking that shot calling was not missing. And everybody probably thinks that, oh, shot calling when you don't miss. Well, that's part of it, but it's really more knowing when you have missed. And Gaz, if we could get three more, three more words out of you, this would be a great time. Isn't it glorious how shot calling gives you accurate shooting without slowing you down? Yeah, if anything, when you're, when you're doing shot calling and you're doing shot calling correctly, it's surprising that you might actually find some more speed in your shooting. Yes. And shot calling may be the only way to get faster and faster and more accurate at the same time. Right? And so... It was your cue, guys. Cue? I don't want to interrupt him if he's if he's going to say something brilliant. Uh, I think you were <laughs> I think you were trying to get him to talk too close to himself. I see. So you're going to give him time to uh, refuel. So meaning, <laughs> if when people really get excited about watching their sights lift, they they wind up shooting a given exercise faster than they thought they could. Now it doesn't feel that way, but when you get done, and it can be hard to discover by yourself. Because if I'm going out and I'm practicing shot calling and I get it right and whatever I did took me nine seconds, but it felt slow, I might make the mistake of thinking that it was slow. But if I'm in a group environment and I shoot it in nine seconds and it feels slow and the next guy to me is 12 seconds or 15 seconds, now I got something. And that, that, that slow feeling is interesting because it, it, it's a different feeling than when you're actually slow. I, I know you've experienced it, Gaz. Will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I can try. Um, so when, when, when you sort of get that slow feeling while you're shooting, that normally has allowed you to get into that subconscious realm of shooting where you're not necessarily having to think about anything. All you're busy, basically doing is using your visual inputs and allowing that to to shoot for you and everything else that comes with it, the physical stuff and those sort of things are going to be happening at your current sort of pace, your current speed. Um, and none of that really matters because at the end of the day, there's nothing that you could have really done differently to have made that gone faster, maybe more accurately, those sort of things. You've basically done what you could at that time to do that. And embracing that slow feeling is probably one of the best things you could do for your shooting. Mm -hmm. And if, if we are revealed to be slow, that's a different problem. The, my favorite thing is when somebody has that slow feeling and they win the stage. Yeah. Um, that's why this is so hard to discover on your own. You need, you need a comparable benchmark to prove to yourself that it's, that it's not only more accurate, but it's also faster. Your, your internal cool. clock is a liar. It yeah. will always be a liar. So you, you can't and trust it. You need, the, you need to measure and the more intensely focused you are, the harder it is to measure. You know, um, what a great point. I mean, how many times have we tried to get a piece of furniture assembled before dinner and our wife tells us we've missed dinner. We've been out there for three hours working on putting a piece of furniture together. Yeah. You know, Cornet probably has people for that, but uh, the rest of us have to do these things ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I will so not they... confirm or deny that. <laughs> one of the most interesting and rewarding side effects to decent shot calling is when you finish the stage you don't have to go look at your targets you know what's there yeah mm. that's right 
I, I remember when I was when I was still competing, um, I could tell the RO, be like, everything's good. And by good, we mean alpha close Charlie, right? Shooting, shooting major. We're never gonna shoot a Charlie on purpose, but neither are we gonna shoot three shots per target to make sure we have our alphas, right? And yeah. then I'd always be able to say, over here, you're gonna find something a little bit more to the left. And sure enough, it's either gonna be a, a, a wider Charlie or some sort of anomaly. And what's cool about shot calling is you can literally run around, watch the gun go off without actively pulling the trigger and correct any errors as they happen in real time. And when you really get it right, it's a phenomenal job for your conscious mind because it literally doesn't allow you to think about draws, reloads, moving, you know? And if you're a guy who likes to think about draws and reloads while you're moving or while you're shooting, you're, you're kind of missing out on some performance. Missing out on you know? the fun stuff. Yeah. And, and gas just, just literally the difference between shooting the gun and watching it go off and just making sure it's okay. Isn't that cool? Oh yeah. Very, very cool feeling. Do you think you get that 100% of the time now? Yeah, pretty much 100% of the time. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so so that will cover in, in great detail. And for the one-day classes, I think we're doing, let me see how many we're doing. She might have added one. Um, the one-day mental management and the one-day sort of One-day shooting class, October 6th. Um, that will probably be the, the bulk of what we do in that one day class is, is shot calling. Um, how we'll structure that is once we know who's going to be in it, we will poll them for what they want to accomplish. And if I agree with that, we'll do that. If I don't agree with it, we'll accomplish what I want to accomplish. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, shot calling, staying moving without, without a hard setup um, and transitions, everybody's biggest area for improvement um, so and and yeah. and just a and, and a little note on that uh, especially for those of you who are no longer 12 like gas um 12 and a half so, sorry gas almost, almost 13 soon you'll have <laughs> hairs on your chest um the that that sort of keeping moving and that that's where you're going to find extra time uh and, and I think guys don't always realize it, that, that they kind of try and run a little bit faster um, and, and with bad knees, bad backs, maybe a little bit of successful lifestyle body shape, uh, that becomes more and more challenging. Uh, that's how the, the guys who are no longer spring chickens are, are keeping up. That's how the Rob Lysons are still winning USPSA nationals. Um, mm -hmm. It's not because he's shooting really fast splits or sprinting really fast. Uh, he's just doing a more efficient job of things. Let, let me give you what I think is the Rob Latham key to success, okay? Hmm. Let's see if you think this is a good strategy. Always be moving, always be shooting, never be missing. Pretty good. Now, Amen. when you watch a video, it's difficult to see that because some other shooters will, will give you just to pick another name at random, like Todd Jarrett, for example, is a caricature of technique. If, if there's a lean to be done, Todd's going to be here, right? Whereas Robbie will be here. Um, so it's a lot easier to see technique, watch somebody like Todd. But Robbie's strategy is a pretty good one. You know, always moving, always shooting, never missing. It's pretty great. Um, but it's hard to see on video. If you want to be efficient, watch the, the, the old fat guy. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah. 
And the other thing we have to remember is it's points per second. So every time you 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 put the gun down and you run without shooting, it's like your fuel economy in your car, you know, the, the little digital readout. Well, you're getting you're getting 30, whatever it is, 25 miles to the gallon. And then when I stop, my average goes to zero. Now I'm getting zero miles to the gallon. Right. So that's one of the reasons why you guys don't stop at stoplights, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Petrol's only one expensive. of <laughs> I've I've heard there's some other reasons why you may roll through some of those, but <laughs> fuel economy probably is one of them. I mean, not that any of us have ever done that, obviously. Right. Of course we, not. We do not endorse such behavior on the show. Yeah, I, I spend uh the first two days in South Africa uh watching people make left turns into traffic and just bracing for impact, you know. <laughs> That's how I spend my first couple. And then I finally get used to it. And all Albert was gonna let me ride his motorcycle, Albert Vessels. Mm. And uh I was like, under no circumstances am I taking that thing on a public road. <laughs> I'm just not doing it, you know. <laughs> I, I never forget driving from from New York to Connecticut. Um and I, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the hang of this, this driving on the wrong side of the road thing. And it actually went surprisingly well until we stopped to get something to eat. And, and we pulled out of the place and I made the easiest left turn I've made of the entire trip. A little too easy. And then, and then realized that there was two lanes of traffic coming directly <laughs> towards us. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a ride to the airport in Las Vegas from my Australian friend, Shane Lott. And uh, in, in addition to being on the wrong side of the road, the, the shifter was where he's accustomed to the indicator being. So every time he puts his indicator on, or thinks he is, he's putting the car in reverse. <laughs> so our first move from every stoplight is backwards. And he's like, sorry, mate. <laughs> <And then> he, <laughs> That's always fun. Over here, you don't have to worry about you bracing for impact. It's when the other driver is also bracing for impact, and you can see that, that you need to worry. <laughs> How often do you find yourself pushing pedals you don't have if you're in the front seat? No, no, I don't, I don't really do that. I just, I just kind of, uh, and then I kind of get used to it. <laughs> but no, I don't. I'm not, I'm not too bad about it. Look at this, look at this beautiful boy. Hey, oh, wait, this is a... Look. Do you guys post the video or do you guys just, just post the no, audio? No, no one We just do audio. Because oh, then you'll have to see how awesome he is. Then you'll have to describe this gorgeous boy instead of people getting to see him. Such a good Come boy. on, Derek. Come on. So, so what Poetic. we have is a great Dane with a head bigger than mine. Um, He's 175 pounds. That, that, that in oh, metric is, is many kilograms. Uh, <laughs> like 70. And he wants, he wants all the loves and all the cuddles. He is beautiful. I just want, I just want to like he's wonderful no. he's very soft too he smells great i know you're a dog guy so not non-dog people think it's really weird when you say how, how good your dog smells but like if you get them behind the ear or on the neck they just smell so good oh we've, hey, we've told people not, who are not dog people to go and uh, listen to something else yeah, so. <laughs> non-dog non people are not welcome on this show yeah no kidding <laughs> all right garrett so so gas what was your what was your favorite part of the uh of the advanced class that we did. I think that the, the variations that we did with um, the shooting while moving drills was probably one of my favorite takeaways. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then probably how we could apply shooting while moving to just about anything that we do. 
Yeah, and and one thing that's changed is that I kind of lucked into by accident. Um, I, I I found out that so I was in this one, I was in this very small class, and everybody had a bunch of ammo because everybody had sponsored ammo, and we wound up doing the shooting while moving for four hours instead of two. And I kept making the targets harder and harder and harder, and they learned the creep. And I wasn't even trying to teach them the creep. But the creep is when you when you're when the drill says you have to stay moving, but you've now got 15 yard steel, well, you've got to pause to make that shot. And what's neat about the creep is instead of stopping being your normal thing and moving being abnormal, we switch them around. So that moving is normal and stopping is abnormal. And that is what gets people away from the prairie dog or maybe the meerkat. Maybe you guys call it a meerkat instead of a prairie dog. But we move, we move, we stand up straight, we compress our bodies, and then we keep moving. Well, if you move and move and move and then just pause just long enough to make that shot, go right back to moving, so wonderful. And that shooting while moving drill has taught people how to do the creep without even realizing it. It was really, really awesome. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I think, I think my favorite part is the, just because I have this, this inner David Lee Roth that loves to put on a show. Um, and, and my classes are kind of set up like concerts. You know, you have the, you have the, the opening power rocker and then you slow down for the ballad and then you, you do the big anthem, you know, and the, the transition exercise is one of my favorite ones because we, we can cut people's transitions 30, 40, 50%. So much fun. Um, now, now Garrett, or actually any of you that, that, that have shot for a while, um, following the side around, uh, like Tarek, how, how long did it take you for that to become subconscious to get the eyes out in front of the gun? A lot longer than it should have. Yeah. I'm not a clever man though. So I've, I've... <laughs> now I never said you were dumb. I just said you weren't a mathematician. <laughs> You're extremely smart. I just didn't have you pegged for a mathematician. SMRT. Yeah, you, when you said he was smart, you were on the right track. But when you added extremely smart, everyone knew that you were lying. <laughs> see, see this, this is why my mental game is weak, because my self-image is attacked by my alleged friends. I felt so bad because I, I, I called him out for not being a mathematician, and he, he made a really pained look. He, like he's, his resting face is already somewhat of a pain, but it looked like I really hurt his feelings. I don't want to hurt Tarek's feelings. That's fine. <laughs> if I hurt his feelings, he won't help me set up holsters anymore. <laughs> well, he was trying to. The, the, the patent is in Steve Anderson FBI Kent IPSC holster. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> and you guys, you guys don't don't do too many turn and draws, do you? No, not a no. not a huge amount. Um, okay, I think I I, I think it's partially be, because of three, two, one. Um, yeah. As I understand in USPSA, you guys shoot a lot of long field courses. So the guys do do a lot of that sort of thing to try and make it a little bit more interesting. Whereas with us, we we you know, we we're shooting three nine to twelve round courses for every thirty-two round course. So and and what's really nice with, with the way IPC has gone and, and we're seeing it here as well is guys are designing three position twelve round courses to make that interesting as opposed to um, you know, stand in a box and blaze nine rounds as fast as you can. And a, like a nice three-position 12-round stage is just, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, so I think there's a little bit less urge to to have the 
the turn and draw, the the funny position. It, it happens, but but it's substantially less common here, I think, than than you guys get. So the the only reason I bring that up is I got one of the best compliments I've ever gotten um, from Albert Albert Vessels, um, and he he we we did the turn and draw. They were they were so nice to me, and they didn't bother telling me that they don't ever need it or really want it. So they just kind of put up with it anyway. Um, cause I could get anybody to, to, to have a first shot in under a second on a turn and draw in about 15 minutes. And Albert turned to me and sort of looked at me over the massive silhouette of his biceps and, you know, had that super intelligent Albert Bessel's look. And he's like, I wish I could do the accent better. Well, I've been trying 30 years to turn and draw and that's the way to do it. And I was like, yes. And then later I found out how big a deal Albert really is, you know, and then that made me feel even better. He's a, he's been doing it since day one. And, and, and way before and, the internets yeah and, and and albert is is one of the best shooters in this country um while classic is is primarily his game uh if if you shoot against albert in any division he is going to be a serious contender um mm. and if you shoot against albert while he's shooting a classic gun and you shooting pretty much anything else he's still going to be a serious contender sure. and i think that's something to bear in mind we, we're not talking about a 60% shooter who's gone, this is quite nice. If Albert's at a match, he's a, he's a dude to beat. Um, I mean, not like physically, because he's freaking ginormous. <laughs> but um, he's, he's, he's a challenge. You know, if, if, if you beat Albert at a match, never mind. If you beat Albert on a stage, um, you're, you're pretty happy with yourself. So I think and he's such a great sportsman. Up. He'll come up and congratulate you for beating him. He's, he'll say. He's, he's a spectacular human. He really is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I obviously hate him for it because he's gigantic and really good and, and no one hates him. But uh... <laughs> so well, let, okay, yeah. so let's let's go back over the schedule one more time. <laughs> um yes. just because just I got it backwards. Serious, uh, serious, so serious. one day class, um October, How Tang Ufus shooting range. Am I am I getting even close now? If they don't know what just, that is. Uh, just say lekker for us, Steve. Lekker. There we nice. Go. Here we go. Steve does a good lecker. Yeah. So at, at the dude, my I'm, I'm an... my rare rig is world class. Rare rig. <laughs> if I can get my lecker up to my rare rig, I'll be able to go in the convenience store and pass for a local. You you you, you oh, say yeah. lecker like a local, like not a lekker. not a free state local, but a local. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so October sixth, one day, uh, dry fire tune ups. October seventh. Uh, at, at that same Yufei uh, sh uh, shooting range in Haotang. And then, of course, middle management standalone October the 8th. And then the two-day class, uh, 9 and 10 after that. And for more info, contact Shanae. I feel like everybody in South Africa knows Shanae. Is she pretty? No, pretty much. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll put uh, the details in the show notes uh, just in case. Oh, perfect. And then, or you can email me, steve at andersonshooting.com. I'm just going to forward it to her. Um, and then she'll arrange those details. And I just, I cannot wait to get back to South Africa. Is, is the civil unrest less than they're telling us it is, or is it more, or is it about the same? Is it normal? No, we're, we're back to normal now. Okay. Um, everything, everything's normal. You're coming in sort of in the middle of our spring, so it's going to be pretty hot. Uh, but there, there hasn't been drama for, for a while. It's, you're going to have a good time. I just remember reading about a flare-up not too long ago, and I, I didn't fully understand it. Oh, yeah, it was a J July pretty was bad exciting. one. Okay. So there was something going on. 
I mean, my yes. carry gun for a bit was an AR-15, but... Whoa! It, it, it's yeah, my, awful. my carry gun for a bit was an M2 SP. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's all fine. Um, Outstanding. We've forgotten about that. And so, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to go through those sort of classes for, um, sorry, classes for those of you who are a little bit unsure. Law. Classes. <laughs> so, so the, and I know a lot of people are going to look at this and and, and let let let's sort of um, look at the elephant in the room. It's a substantial amount of money. You are going to benefit from this. Um, I have spent my own money training with Steve. Um, and, you know, if if you are on a, t- you know, if, if you can afford it, the three-day class, and I'll be honest, I haven't done it yet because I keep spending my money on hookers and blow, but the three-day class is going to be spectacular. Thank <laughs> you so much for keeping the show clean. <laughs> I have not said any naughty words. Um, but but even if you're on a limited budget, the dry fire tune-up, you're going to get substantially benefit, substantial benefit. If you can, at the very least, find 1200 bucks for the mental management course, I guarantee you it will change your life. Um, and and not just your shooting life. Um, your it, life. It will change your life. It will change how you look at things. Um, because Steve has this sort of mixture of rock star and southern preacher, um, and it will genuinely change how if, if if you take the lessons from that it'll not just change how you shoot epsic it'll it'll it can change your relationships it can change how you deal with things at work there is a huge amount of benefit from that and i will even say that to steve behind his back um in fact it's really challenging saying it in front of his face but so first prize if you can afford it um, it's a three-day class, but but I know it's it's a reasonable amount of money, and and they're keeping the numbers limited. And for those of you who are doing the class, be grateful that they keep them keeping the numbers limited because there's nothing worse than pitching up, spending a fortune, and there's thirty people on the line, and and you see the instructor down the line, and and, and occasionally he kind of looks at you and goes, "Hello, don't shoot yourself." Um, <laughs> but if 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 your budget's not going to allow that, do something. Um, it's going to make you better. Uh, the, the mental management stuff is, is spectacular. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can squeeze myself in on, on another one of those because I think there's a, there's a huge amount of benefit. So even if you are a solid shooter, um, and if you are a solid shooter, Steve will make you a better shooter, but go do those things. Go go do the drive-fire thing. May, don't, don't take his whole angle stuff too seriously, but besides that, his stuff is really, really good. Um, so yeah, I just I, I I just want to repeat that because I I think sometimes people do look at these things and go that's a huge amount of money. It's it's stuff that you're going to spend ten grand for three days, but you're going to be working on that stuff for at least the next year and probably for the next two or three years. So well, you're going to get you're going to get seventeen years of experience in whatever amount of time we've got. And um, the the neat thing about mental management is. Everything that happens to us has an opportunity to be positive or to be negative. And if we, once we understand that, so one of the things I've been telling people, Gaz is a great example. There's some number of things that Gaz needs to learn to reach his potential. Okay. Every time he makes a mistake for the first time, he's one step closer to reaching his potential. All right. 
Or we could say, I can't believe I made that mistake. Well, as long as it's your first time making it, I say hallelujah, because you just got one step closer to learning what you need to know to reach your potential. And when people make a mistake in class, I say, that's wonderful. Is that the first time that's happened? Yeah, it's never happened before. Great. Now, the second time it happens, that's on you. But we need you to make every mistake you can make as quick as you can make them, learn from them so that you're that much closer to reaching your, 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 your full potential. And if you enjoyed mental management last time, I can tell you that I, I deliver that course 200% better than I did when you saw it. I was still pretty new back then, still kind of feeling my way through the slides and everything. I think um, you but, presented the first mental management classes. You had just was, been... Yeah, I think you just gotten signed off by Lenny Basham. Yeah, yeah, so I am... And you came I'm, and practiced it in the third world before you took it to <laughs> proper, proper clients. Mark, and you know what was neat about that is I had a guy follow me out, one of your ROs, uh, wearing the official RO uniform. He he, he kind of pulled on my arm. I was walking to the car or something, and he looked at me with this face, and he goes, you have no idea how much you just helped somebody in that room. And I don't know if it was a shooting thing or, or a life thing, but we, we use these principles in, in life, you know, like at work, if you have a business, you don't, you don't put out a commercial that says, Hey, I just want you to know I am the worst computer programmer in the world. I'm really awful. I'm terrible under pressure. I can't get anything right. And I don't even know how to turn a computer on. But well, at shooting, least I know Steve's that. watched my ad. Right. <laughs> but in shooting, we do that. In shooting, we go, I'm pretty good at paper. I suck at steel and I'm no good at big matches. And if you keep making that kind of commercial for yourself, that's the kind of product you're going to deliver. Ooh, that was pretty good. Write that down. If you keep making that commercial for yourself, that's the product you're going to deliver. Now, that doesn't mean that you can have great performance just by positivity. You do have to have the skill. Oh, but if, if, if you have the skill and you lack the confidence, gosh, what a terrible place to be. Why are you practicing so hard to let a lack of confidence deny you access to subconscious skill? It just doesn't make any sense. But people are uncomfortable, um, not necessarily saying it, but sometimes we're uncomfortable even feeling great about, uh, you know, about ourselves. Um, among, the th among the three of you, who do we think is the most type A? It's going to be probably a tie between me and Tarek. Okay. I'm so, a delicate flower. Type A. Okay, then me. <laughs> so type A tends to be kind of a perfectionist. And anything that's not perfect is substandard by definition, right? Terrible. Well, I'm not aware of a way to get a perfect score in IPSC unless you have some kind of a fixed time standard or something like that, which you guys don't even do. So... If we know perfection's not possible, gosh, wouldn't great be, be, be pretty awesome? One of my favorite moments was when we first started doing the, the advanced class, we would talk about self-image. And I said, if you're, if you're a good shooter, I want you to stand over here. If you're not a good shooter, I want you to stand over here. And one of your ladies who's been shooting for 25 years went and, go, went and stood in the not-so-good circle. And I said, what are you doing? Right? She goes, I'm really not all that good. And then Garrett, our buddy Gaz, he didn't go anywhere. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, where's the great circle? Because that's where I'm going to go stand. <laughs> 
And I don't want to make him uncomfortable because he, he, he likes to be humble like, like everybody does. But he literally, and of course, he, he kind of knew this was coming, but he wanted to stand in the great circle. And if you want to be great, you got to be willing to give stand in the great circle. You know, don't, don't be at the sport 25 years um, and then tell me that you're not very good. You know, she's wearing medals and pins and plaques, you know, and I'm over here and they're not so good. You know, I understand wanting to be humble and wanting to be polite. But if you don't believe that you belong at the top of the, of the rankings, you're never going to get there. And by the way, that reminds me, I have a small complaint about the jewel of the month. Okay. And guys, this, this is going to be on you. Okay. So you, since you're one of the custodians over there, why on earth is the first thing we say about our jewel of the month? It was absolute crap. When I, when I read those submissions, well, I had a cold start. I got a bad draw. The whole thing was terrible. Here's my run. I can tell you why. Why? Because they haven't done mental management and they don't know how bad that is for their self-image. Yes. Spend the 1200 bucks, people. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gaz, your, your job is going to... Yeah, it's so hard to change the culture by yourself and they're going to get irritated with you. That's okay. Maybe you should just let me do it. But what, what people don't realize is the things we say about ourselves tend to be true, don't they? When, when the first thing somebody says is, nice to meet you, I'm bad at remembering names, you know they're not going to remember your name. Right. And, and, and so when we, again, when we make a commercial for ourselves, we need to make a commercial that's going to get some business done as opposed to a commercial that's going to keep us stuck and going out of business. You know, I think, I think part of the challenge there, Steve is for us, especially is South Africans as a rule are, are somewhat self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Ameri- and this this is not this is not a negative comment. Americans are much better at sort of self-aggrandizing than we. Are. Uh, we, we have a bit of a, a, a sort of British thing about, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily being humble, but it's 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 not. It it, it it's not sort of wine. You know, it's it's not blowing sort of blowing yourself up. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a. Uh, and it, it's peculiar that someone like Gaz, who is as humble as he is, um, would go, I'm looking for the great circle, because most South Africans, as a rule, will be pretty hard on themselves. Um, so I think that's that's one of the things that that, that culturally is, is a challenge for us. Um, you know, Americans are generally sort of louder. I mean, not to me, but generally are, are, are sort of louder. They're a little bit more... Americans are incredibly self-confident people as a rule, um, whereas where South Africans take a slightly more, as I say, a slightly more self-deprecating sort of uh, thing. And, and while that's a cultural thing, it doesn't help our shooting. Um, it, it doesn't help. And, and, and Gaz is in a, in a, he's in a very rare position where Gaz is an exceptionally humble human being who's quite, quite aware of how good he is. Uh, and he's not in your face about how good he is, but he, he knows that he, he has a, a substantial skill set. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the things that that we as South Africans need to learn is is that it's not it's not being arrogant, it's not being bombastic um, by thinking that you don't totally suck at something. So there's there's no cockiness in confidence. 
and you don't need to tell anybody that that you're going to win the stage or the match but you do want to win don't you mm. of course you do everybody does and if you don't believe you can do it it's never going to happen right um and that that goes back to self-image that doesn't mean you you can win just by believing you're going to but if you have the skill and you don't believe you can win it's over it is over and the weird thing is when you lose you won't be happy but you'll sure be comfortable because you predicted it right we did an interesting thing for for gas we we prepared gas for the next level by preparing him for the level beyond that which is an easy way to stretch the self-image. That's not too much detail, is it, Gaz? No, of course not. So wasn't it much easier to believe in step two when we started talking about step three? Yes. Yeah, much because easier. Step two has to happen to get to step three. So we go to work on that. Now we're ready for this. Now step two, which was pretty daunting before, boom. We can do that. Yeah. Um, in in the world of computers, right? You know, you know, you can do it. You don't need to brag about it, but you know, you can do it, right? And that's don't. that's where confidence comes from. Exactly. So, just for the guys who we can't share too much about the the mental management program because no, it's it's under license and it is how money is made. What's Go pay the money. Yes. Go, work, go pay the money. I go pay to, the money. I, I, I had like a split course with you where I, I did the remote one mm-hmm. and we had the first session and then the second session was delayed by, I don't know, but the, it was delayed by like a week or something. No, no biggie. And I got to use what I learned in the first one in a match before I had the second session. And it actually made a difference. Like it, it, it made a difference to my attitude to shooting and it made a difference to my ability to still perform. These are club matches we're talking about. To still perform despite the fact that I was, I was ROing shooters pretty much until I was on the line. I had limited walkthrough. I had limited time to visualize. It didn't bother me as much because I was like, I've got the skill to do it. All I need to do is show up on the line, have a rough idea of where the targets are. This will work fine. And it did. And interestingly, that's carried me through a lot of matches since then. I haven't had the opportunity to shoot as much as I used to. I haven't had the opportunity to train as much as I used to recently. But despite my performance is not where it was when I was training. But I didn't fall back as much as I did before mental management. One thing, was, one, I'm sorry, but go ahead. I didn't mean no, to, no, I didn't go, mean to go stop ahead. you. Um, us, us rude Americans are waiting for the slightest pause so we can jump in there with our you rock star in. Southern preachers. Um, the only thing I wanted to add, and by the way, Tarek, that's one of the nicest things anybody ever said to me because uh, I, I grew up in Southern churches and I always wanted to be a rock star. So that's the combination you're very likely to get. <laughs> um, so mental management, I'm not going to say it works better if you haven't been training, but it's easier to trust. Yes. So exactly. if I've been training hard, I might feel a little, I can't wait to go show them this and show them that. But if I haven't been training, I have no choice but to trust my subconscious skill. No choice. 
Um, and that's actually how I discovered match mode. Have you guys heard that story about how I discovered match mode? I think I may have, because I think you've told it on the show before. But... Yes. So I, I'd, I'd had, I was, I'd had like a nine, nine month, maybe two year break from shooting because my, my personal life has been interesting to say the least. And as you know, it, it doesn't take much to happen in the real world to make putting two alphas in a target, not very important. You know what I mean? Like a, it just doesn't take a whole lot in your life to have happen. So I was on a break and I decided to come back and I signed up for this outlaw steel match. Um, you know, that voice I do, well, these are the real people. Those are the guys that make that voice. Um, a lot of glock. Ooh, I shouldn't say a lot of glocks. A lot of mud boots. Cancel, cancel the show. <laughs> remove. Yes. Let's put it this way. A lot of stock glocks. That, 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 that should make it a little bit more interesting. A lot of stock glocks. Stock triggers, stock sights. A lot of, a lot of mud boots, a lot of overalls. And I signed up under a fake name because I didn't want, because I'd already written a couple of books. I can't afford to go out and not shoot very well. So I signed up under a fake name just, just to get out. I didn't wear my jersey or anything. And I go to the warm up plate rack and I remember how fast I used to be able to shoot that. And I go, pow, 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 pow. I think I hit two plates. I did it again. Pow, 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 pow. And I'm like, I got to shoot in 10 minutes and I can't hit a plate on a plate rack. And this guy comes up behind me and he goes, is this your first match? You seem a little nervous. And I went, something like that. And he goes, I tell you what, why don't you just watch your dot and do that? It's a complete stranger. You know, just, just relax and just watch your dot. I'm like, okay, all right, that might work. <laughs> and because I wasn't trained, I had no choice but to trust it. That's the key here, right? I had just proven to myself that my other idea wasn't going to be very good, okay? If I had gone to my first stage thinking that, it would have been a disaster. So I'm like, what, what should I do? Watch the dot, watch the dot. I'm going to watch the dot. And I went and watched that dot lift, and it felt like I was in frozen molasses, just so slow. And about, about the fourth stage in, this guy turns to me and he goes, Dude, you're tearing this up. I am? Because I wasn't, I wouldn't listen to times because I think the last thing I needed was to hear that my time was, was the third on the squad, you know, with these farmers and their stock glocks and mud boots. I didn't need that. So I would just go shoot and kind of disappear. Go shoot and kind of disappear. And this guy says, man, you're burning this thing down. Well, I won that outlaw steel match by 90 seconds. Wow. And like that's, a whole match. And that's when I discovered match mode. That's when I discovered the power of surrendering to one objective and one objective only. And, you know, earlier, Gaz, we, we talked about having to have victory with it to really trust it. Because if you, if you experience it by yourself, you can write it off as no big deal. But if you have a massive victory with it, it's impossible to discount. Yeah, for sure. So I was going to say, before we went down all those additional thoughts, is... Uh, I think the my favorite thing that I've ever gotten from you, and I've gotten a lot from you, don't, don't get me wrong, um, is the flowchart. And I'm not going to say anything more about the flowchart, but the flowchart I think was the, the biggest aha moment for me in everything I've learned from you. And in the way that you taught shot calling was different to anything I'd ever seen. The way you got us to go faster in transitions was different to anything I'd ever seen when I did it with you. So I learned a lot from you, but I, I, 
And obviously the mental management is bigger than just the flowchart. But I, I think that's the thing that really, really stood out for me. And I still, it's on my phone. And before I go to matches, right before I sit down, I look at the flowchart, I read through it, do the, the initial steps, we'll call them now. And uh, I will sometimes look at that thing during a match and go, you know, how, am I, how am I doing on this thing? Am I, am, I, am I doing all the steps that I need to be doing? Yes, good, no, okay, well. I better do some extra steps, right? That, yeah, that's so amazing. Just to give a little bit of insight on what he's talking about, in, in about the middle of, of mental management, we would literally give you a flow chart that organizes every thought you need to have for your competition day. Now, Cornet, I don't have it in front of me, and my memory is not so great, but is there a bullet point on that, pl on that flow chart for freak out about your competition? Yes, it's bullet point number four, and I know this. No, <laughs> no, Steve, there is not. I'm, I'm is is there a bullet point for watch a more experienced shooter than you and then change your plan? No, that's not on there. Is is there one on there for what if you make a fool out of yourself after traveling and taking a bunch of time off for a big match? No, none of those things are on there. None of those are on there. Yeah, and what's neat is. Anytime somebody tells you to stop thinking about something, they don't understand that what they're asking you to do is not possible. It is not possible to stop thinking about something, particularly when you have emotion, and emotion makes it impossible. Terry has one for this one before you continue. Terry, tell us what we, what we shouldn't picture in our minds. I want everyone listening to this to close your eyes. I want you to carefully not picture a pink penguin. Make sure that what you cannot see in your head is a six foot four, 150 kilogram pink penguin dancing in front of you. Make sure you can't, don't picture a pink penguin. Okay, who else saw uh, Sandra and Terry? <laughs> and you know what's interesting about that? I actually pictured a flamingo instead of a penguin because as soon as you said pink, it went to flamingo instead of i didn't get penguin until the, the second rep but that's what happens when somebody says oh just don't think about it well when they say don't think about it gas it's, it's it's like quitting smoking thinking about not smoking is the same thing as thinking about smoking they're the same yeah but if, one in the same exactly but if you instead think about chewing gum now you're thinking about chewing gum and there's no smoking in, in, in gum chewing mm -hmm. Exactly. What I always like is, is, to, is to say to people, picture not spilling a cup of coffee. Because it's impossible to picture not. As soon as I say not spilling a cup of coffee, what you visualize is coffee eating sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, anytime you're shooting and you tell yourself not to do something, you've just told yourself to do it. Yeah. Hey, Mrs. Anderson, you want to say hi to my South African friends? Hi. Hello. Hi, Mrs. Anderson. Hi, Mrs. Anderson. Hello. She can't hear you because of the headphones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Hello. So this is, we'll, we'll just do waves. Luna's <laughs> 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 back. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. This is from everyone. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. That's a lot of dog. Okay. <laughs> and, and, Sorry about and that. No, no. Never apologize for dogs. Yeah. 
Children never, maybe, never. but never dogs. Um, <laughs> something I think I think we need to point out as well, and, and I think it's it's important because I'm, I'm sure you've seen this in the States, Stephen, we see it here all the time. Gaz will shoot a stage and people will go, well, of course Gaz can do that because he is a robot sent back in time to show us how to shoot IPSC or he's not human or some other um, bollocks, I don't think that's a bad word in America, reason for why he's good and I suck. Um, and, and I think people need to bear in mind that, that Gaz is a normal human being. Um, he's, 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 he, well, yeah, I mean, he, 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 he smells weird, but he's, he's better at this than, than most people, but, but not because of any innate um, skill that he was born with or any other rubbish. Um, he's he he works harder than most people, um, and he applies all this sort of weird, airy fairy hippie cuck that we're talking about um, exceptionally well. Uh, but but I think that's that it's an important topic to discuss because I think people it's easy to make excuses. It's easy to go, well, I would be as good as Gaz if I had. And he doesn't, you know, it's not like someone's throwing 100,000 rounds of ammo at him in a month, a year. It's not like someone's throwing him a, a, a $10,000 pistol. Um, what he does is he works really hard. Um, I know this is, this is a shock to some of you. Um, and he does all the stuff we've spoken about with, with less mistakes than most people. And, and I think that that's something people need to to sort of get their heads around. It's easy to lie to yourself and go, well, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. the fact is Gaz is just a normal dude, but he has a an abnormal or an extraordinary work ethic. Um, and and he, he works harder and he thinks more about this. So Gaz started working for us at, 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 at our company a week or two ago. And I could tell within three or four days that he'd started working for us because I walked into the vault and there were dry fire targets stuck on the wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was like the sign that Gaz is here. Uh, and I think people need to understand that, that, that it's, not, it's not innate ability. It's not um, natural talent means very little. And, and in my experience, generally naturally talented people get they do pretty well pretty fast and then they never go beyond that because they don't know what it's like to work for something um gaz is not an, a naturally talented human being um but he has a, a work ethic like a water buffalo uh he applies all the stuff that, that that he's been taught and instead of second guessing it instead of making excuses the the little 12 and a half year old works really, really hard at this stuff. And, and I think that's something people need to understand that if you go do a um, and, and this is not great advertising, but if you go do a course with Steve, he's not going to make you gas, but he's going to give you the tools that if you work hard enough, you could be gas. Um, no one could make you gas. Gas made gas gas. Um, but he took tools that other people gave him and he he ran those tools harder than than almost anyone else will ever do uh so the tools are there 
um, the, the tools are available for, for, a, for a pretty sort of small amount of money. But you can't spend a day on the range and then go, I'm, I'm a ninja now. You've got to make them your own. Sorry. Just uh, be, before we continue on from what Tia said, um, just to summarize that for people a little bit. The questions we hear, the questions we hear most often, or at least that I hear most often, is how do I practice this? How do I get better at this? How do I improve this? This can be whatever you can imagine. The answer is hard work, but if you attend the right courses, Steve can tell you how to practice, which, which sounds very sort of simple at the surface level and is simple once you understand it. But going at it on your own to try and figure out how to practice efficiently is actually quite difficult. And I think you, you know that, Steve, with, with all the effort you had to put in before you got to the system you have now. Learning how to practice is really difficult. Practicing once you've learned how to practice is not that difficult. If, you, if you're committed to it and you just put aside the time every day, that's really simple. But figuring out how to do it on your own efficiently is really, really hard. Um, so what a lot of people may not know about me is I actually invented the, the, first, tw the first 12 drive fire drills. I actually did them on electric guitar at first. Interesting. Because I had I had 12 drills. So if if you aspire to play hard rock, heavy metal guitar, there's a couple things you need to be able to do. And being able to do those things has nothing to do with playing your favorite song. Nothing to do. But if you can't do them, you can't play your you can't play your favorite song. And I noticed I kept seeing the same things over and over again. This finger, that finger. Okay, we got to be able to do this. We got to be able to do that. So I had these 12 little finger exercises that I would do with a metronome every day, every single day. And they didn't sound particularly good, right? But I was training my fingers to do what I needed them to do so I could play. There actually was an Iron Maiden song. Which one is that? They're the greatest metal band ever. Which, yeah, what song is that? Is it Ace is High? Ding, ding, Right? You know, so well, that requires you to do alternate picking pretty quickly. So not only was I doing finger exercises on my guitar, I would take a pick to school and I'd practice alternate picking on the seam of my pants while I was in class. And whenever somebody says dry fire is boring, my response to that is you've just told me that you'd rather be entertained than get better. And that's really what that means. Um, that's not to sound blunt or rude, but it's not that difficult to do. Um, I know you guys don't, don't have grandmasters, but it, that's an easy analogy to use because everybody knows what it means. Uh, it means a guy that can't shoot matches very well. <laughs> 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 but whatever the goal is, a, a grade, we, we hear a lot, um, whatever it is, you're some number of hours away from that, not days, weeks, or years. And Gaz is, uh, so, is far of everybody else because he got his hours in in less days, weeks, and years. You know, and 
it's it's in it, it, it's it's it, it's really interesting. I, I can't find any other hobby that I can think of where people expect to get better without practicing. Like I go bowling once every two or three years. You know, the family wants to go bowling. I usually shoot about a hundred, you know, one twenty-five, something like that. But I don't expect to do any better than that. Because I know that if I want to throw better than 125 next time I go bowling, I better go to the bowling alley more often. But shooting is the only thing I can think of. Fishing might be the other, but I don't know if you have anybody who practices fishing. I'm sure some people do. But in shooting, some people do think that if they keep going to matches, they're going to get better. You're probably not until you change something. Now, if you're just doing it for fun and you don't care about getting better, I actually highly endorse that because they'll have more fun, but they better not look at results because that won't be fun. <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to get better at matches, you're going to get worse because you're going to get your, your confidence is going to get crushed when you look at people who do do either some work that's more than you do or a lot of work with guys like Gaz. You're, you're going to get crushed not just in the score sheet, but when you look at your performance relative to theirs and you're doing that a couple of times a month and all you're getting is, uh, I am terrible compared to these people. You're, you're never going to improve. Um, you're going to go backwards. I, mean, I can I'm, state I'm, that. I'm, I'm sure USPSA is probably pretty similar to what we see in IPSEC. What... 10 years ago would have won you a nationals will now get you a 75% if you're lucky. Um, and that, that's one thing I'm actually going to take credit for um, a, a little bit. Um, we have made the limit of human gun handling so easy to obtain in dry fire with, with the part times that it's really not that difficult to do. You know, they, they used to say that it takes 10 years and a million rounds to make master. Well, if, if you're going to judge speed and accuracy at the same time, and all you're going to do is live fire, that's probably true. If, if it ever even happens, you know, one of the things that I do is I believe there's, there's three modes of practice. There's accuracy, speed, and match. And they all have different goals. You know, that that was probably the the most interesting thing because the, the South Africans as a group were a lot more resistant to that than the Americans. The Americans are like, I've been waiting all day to go fast. Let's go fast. Whereas the South Africans are, well, hang on a second. Where's my alpha? Well, we know you can shoot an alpha. But if you want to go a little faster, you may lose the alpha for eight and a half minutes. Sometimes they can't handle it, you know. Um, other times they really like it, but it's so easy to get fast in isolation and it's so easy to get more accurate in isolation. And when those things are subconscious in match mode, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Can the money's at. Oh, he speaks. Go ahead, Gaz. <laughs> I said, that's where the money's at. Yeah. That's awesome. So we, we did a, we did an episode with John and Sarah from Fulster Holsters a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about um, sort of fast-tracking people's ability to conceal firearms comfortably and, and well so that you can't tell that they're carrying in a short period of time, just based on knowledge that that is now sort of commonplace in people of their expertise. 
And I think we should name this episode something similar, accelerating your you know, sports shooting journey or, or something to that effect, because that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking things that used to take people, and, I, and I'm in a fortunate position. I started at a time where this information was accessible on the internet, but it was also easily accessible for me from guys like Tarek and Gaz, who I shot with a lot when I started. Uh, so I, I was very fortunate, but you're literally taking people and putting them on a fast track to success as long as they listen. Mm. But you've, you've got to do the work, but it's so much easier now because the right information is available. Yeah. And mental management will uh, have those results available to you pretty immediately. Um, Gaz, can you think of a time where every time you practiced a new technique, you, you sort of shot worse for a short period of time? Yeah, it happens fa fairly often when you're trying to work on a new technique. You might have some accuracy drop off, but it's only temporary. You know so, you can make those shots. Right. So we used to think, I used to think that every time I learned something new, I was going to shoot worse in competition for a small period of time. And that was true because I was thinking about that technique. Now I've learned that the way to prevent that diminishing returns is to get sufficient repetition of the new technique, whatever it is, uh, so that you no longer have to think about it. So the, 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 and so, so somebody made the comment, I think it was Cornet, it would not be a great idea to take a technical class three days before a big match. Um, People used to try to get me to do that, and I kind of reluctantly do it because obviously I needed to, I, I, you know, I wanted to do the work, but you have to say, okay, I'm going to show you how to do something that I don't want you to try again for four days. <laughs> and, yeah. that's, and that's really hard. That's a hard temptation to resist. You know, you show, you show somebody how to get 30% off their transitions and they got a big match tomorrow. They're going to want to do that. But that's a big mistake because we're no longer shooting subconsciously. And that is probably the, the most important thing I've learned um, in the last two years is whatever we need to do to trigger a subconscious performance, we got to do that. Because everybody says, I do my best when I'm not thinking. And they go to a big match and they start thinking. And as we learned from the pink penguin, <laughs> not thinking about something is the same thing as thinking about it. Exactly. Go ahead, Gaz. I know you got some brilliance for us. I was just going to backtrack on to saying that or not thinking about something is the same as thinking about it. A little bit of history to that is that during my journey to try and win my first national events win, um, one of the, the fallbacks that I was having was I was trying to prevent something, but the way that I was preventing it was by thinking about it. And as soon as we adjusted that to thinking about something else or applying that di more directly to my performance or the performance that I wanted, now you can no longer think about that. And that's one of the things, one of the many things that helped me get to that next level and manage to win my first national title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, gosh, it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. It but, is, yeah. And if particularly, uh, you know, if we have a lot of emotion in the mistake, it's really difficult to change that channel. But but we have to. Um, do you guys use the expression, the wheels fall off? 
Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the wheels fall off when we make a mistake and we think about the mistake. And then it happens again. Then we get really angry. I cannot believe this happened again. And we get to tell six people. I just had another mic, another mic. And then it keeps not what you want, but it sure is what you're picturing. You know, pretty soon you got a room full of pink penguins. You're surrounded by pink penguins. You can't get away from them. And mental management teaches you to tighten up that lug bolt the instant it comes loose before the wheels can fall off. Um, you better... It's pretty easy to do. We had a guy at our last club shoot, um, and we had a stage that had, I think, two poppers and then three plates in between them. Uh, relatively easy shots, except the stage sort of baited you into shooting them on the move, which is great. That's, that's what you should have done that stage. But I think the first shooter through there had some some difficulties doing that. And I think most of us ended up changing our plan based on what we saw from him, which is a mistake. But we then had, or I then had, when I was on standby, the person telling me that, how disappointed he is that he messed up those shots. And you know, all he saw was Mike, 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 Mike. And I turned around, I'm like, don't say those words to me. And he's like, what? I'm like, don't, don't say Mike to me. Just no, talk about something else. Tell me about your children, like whatever. Don't, just don't talk to me about what you struggled with because I don't want to struggle with it because I'm picturing it now. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what, what, what went great. Tell me about how well you shot that first piece of paper that you drew on. Tell me about that. Just don't talk to me about what happened in the middle because... It's not helping me, and it's terrible because, like, two stages later, you were still talking about it. Yeah. It's like it's it's terrible for you. It's it's worse for you than it is for me because I've through mental management, I've learned that I can I can put that stuff out of my mind. Um, I don't want to particularly think about it and have to put it out by mind, but I can. Where he clung to it, and mm-hmm. you know, it it caused some more problems from later in the day. For and, him or for you. For him, no, not yeah. not for me. For for yeah. him, it's it's interesting how people will, as you said earlier, they'll really hammer on the negatives, not realizing that it is affecting them further in the day. And very, com- I don't know if it's common everywhere, but very common over here for guys to walk off the stage and go, "Damn it, I had a mic, and you know, I I clipped that no shoot." And it's not very common for guys to walk off and go, "You know what, I owned that." That was great. It's and really uncommon. To, they don't need to say it out loud, but boy, but they, they sure better say it inside. You know, um, that, that reminds me of when Tarek was talking about Gaz's work ethic. I don't know if, if he actually said these words or if I put these words with his expression, but every time I ever asked him to do something, he looks at me and he nods and he goes, I can do that. Are, are those the right words, Garrett? Or am I just putting those words on, on your expression? No, probably right. Yeah. Those I can are the do right that. words. Yeah. Those are the right words. Yeah. yeah. I can do that. And that's the power of confidence. Yeah, I can do that. You know, um, it's not cockiness to say I can do something. You just, yeah, I can do that. And it's four more words than you're going to get out of him anyway. You know, if you get him to say, if you get him to say, 
I can do that. that, (laughs) I mean, one of the cool things to carry on with that is that, you know, uh, Terry Cornet and myself get to shoot together a lot. And I think that when I've shot with different squads, when they're not there, um, you can feel that there's a difference because the, normally the other squad is going to talk more about the things that they didn't want to happen. That did happen. Whereas with us, we sort of, we'll have a quick chat about it. And I think that's maybe to process it on our side and identify that mistake. We make that correction, whether it's internal or external, and then things sort of carry on, the match carries on. Whereas with a lot of guys, that doesn't happen. And, you know, in in reality, one of the best things that could have happened with me is if I've shot the mic, it's on my score sheet. And I physically shot it. I didn't get scored it by mistake. Um, there's nothing I can do to change the mic. The miss, the miss is going to be there. So what's it going to change if I continue to worry about it? You know, the, the aftermath of that is basically you're going to attract more mics, and that's what we're discussing. But if you just leave it behind, you can't change the miss. It's there. It's scored. You need to learn from it or you need to deal from it, deal with it one of the two ways, and then you need to identify from, from there whether you're going to choose to make the correction immediately, which is normally the best solution, or if you're going to sort of neglect that until you are finished with that match so that you can identify what went wrong and then create the solution from there. But, I mean, jokes aside, that also even like the, the, the culture we are trying to build around Drill of the Month and, and, and that we're seeing more and more of is someone will run a drill of the month and, and, and they may go, oh, I failed this because we were, were. And, and we're seeing more and more guys going, but dude, you shot five Xs or you, you got this right, you got that right. And, but we, we've definitely seen more and more of other guys coming, coming in and going, uh, and, and I think like there's a cultural thing that's developed where, where guys are going, oh, I did this and, and, and I got this wrong. And, and and the other guys are going, no, dude, you never mind the thing you got wrong. You got 70% of it right. You got 50% of it right. And, and and you see their reactions to that, and they're in a much better place because it, it's like we have a quite strict rule in, in Drill of the Month that we don't allow people to make fun of, of anyone's run. Um, you know, if 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 corn does a run. I might, you know, like joke with him offline, but but in the group, we, we kind of focus on the positive. And we've seen more and more guys sort of developing a culture of that, of going, dude, you got you got this right. So, so, so what about that? So you were a little bit slow on the run, uh, but your, your accuracy was excellent. Or, yeah, you know, Oh, you, you're bitching that oh you didn't make the score, you know. But do you, you did it under time or, or or anything like that? And and I think that's that's something we've tried to sort of foster in that in in the drill of the month thing. Um, that I think is is good for for us as shooters in general is is because it's easy to focus and and this is something you've spoken about for years, Steve. It's easy to focus on what you get wrong. You shoot a thirty-two round stage. You shoot twenty-eight. Alphas, you shoot three Charlies and one Mike, and what do you do? A shorter Mike. How was your stage? A shorter Mike. Yeah, but dude, you you were three seconds faster than everyone else. You shot a whole lot of Alphas. Yeah, but I shot a Mike. I suck. I shot a Mike. Yeah, I mean, th- th- think about your average thirty round stage. 
how many things the human body has to do well, how many gun manipulations, how many sight pictures, how many trigger pulls. There's a lot of stuff going on, which number one illustrates the fact that you can't be thinking about each, each individual piece. There's too much going on. Number two, our human body has completed this, this task and one bullet didn't go where it was supposed to, right? That's an interesting thing to obsess on. Now, if it continues to happen on a regular basis, we need, as Gas said, we need, we need to apply a correction. And for the vast majority of people listening to this program, the solution to that is three to five hundredths of a second of visual patience. Take, take any mic you've ever had on a stage and ask yourself when it's over, would I allow them to remove the mic and add five hundredths of a second to my time? And you would take that deal all the time. You just got to make that deal when you're behind the gun, when you can actually make the deal. You know, <laughs> There are a few places in the States where you can make that deal where the run is over, but there aren't very many, but you can always <laughs> make that deal. <laughs> you can always make popular, that right? deal when you're behind the gun. <laughs> Guess how, that one. how does it feel when you when you have to with that little light gun and you have to wait for that front sight to get back in the acceptable sight picture? It feels like it takes a long time, doesn't it? Oh yes. No, but, it does. Yeah, it feels like an eternity when when you're waiting for that front sight to get back where it needs to be. Um, have you ever regretted waiting three to five hundredths of a second? No, I've never regretted waiting. I have regretted not waiting. <laughs> Yes, you have. <laughs> I think we all have. We all have. And I, I think it's more tempting with the iron sights. I mean, you got to be a special kind of special to pull the trigger when the dot's not on the target. Uh, if, if we're shooting a red dot. Oh, and by the way, we have a new nickname for that that you, you guys can use to practice your American uh, accents. You ready? Okay. Tarek, we'll start with you. Cheater lamp. <laughs> Cheater lamp. Cheater lamp. Cheater lamp. Pretty good. Corne? Cheater lamp. That's perfect. <laughs> Cheater lamp. Gaz? Cheater lamp. <laughs> See, you're ready to graduate now to Skeeter. You can go from <laughs> Cheater lamp right to Skeeter. Man, I'm Skeeter. go to Skeeter. Tough. Skeeter. <laughs> Skeeter's tough. <laughs> So next time you want to make fun of a dot shooter, accuse him of having a cheater lamp. That's a cheater lamp. So, but with iron sights, there it is. There's the, that's a, is that a shield cheater yeah, lamp? Yeah. Those are getting popular on carry guns. Um, the local agents are awesome. So, but with, with the irons, it can be a little bit more tempting to, to, to let that shot go before we've seen what we need to see. And one of the things mental management does, it teaches you to make that your only focus, meaning literally all I'm gonna do is pull the trigger. And at first, I'm gonna pull the trigger when the sights are aligned. Later, I'm actually gonna watch the gun shoot itself, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's, that's kind of a secondary step. And all I'm gonna do is the single thing of watching that gun go off or shooting it and making sure that I'm seeing what I need to see. It's a little easier with a cheater lamp uh, a little more difficult with irons. <laughs> Cheater lamp. That's such a great expression. I like that. I'm stealing that.
Rumors of bumpy things are the way to go. Yeah. Hey, Terry. And to to credit the mighty Cornene, um, most of the speed, gosh, maybe all the speed comes from the non-shooty bits. You know, and the great thing about getting your speed and your non-shooty bits is it doesn't mess up your shooty bits. <laughs> Makes the shooty bits really easy because you don't have to shoot 12 splits. Yeah. Gosh, what a dumb place to go looking for time. Brew, that's <laughs> like length right? technical and, and stuff, eh? Yeah, I mean, let me get You're these straight. Showing. I'm going to... Oh. Hello. Hello, Dag. <laughs> that is a big puppy. That is Please. a large dag. Oh, he's trying to swallow your face. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a yawn. <laughs> <laughs> they want dinner, so they're, this is why I'm getting so much attention because I'm usually the, the, the dinner provider. I, I, think, I think we're actually, we, we, we've stolen a lot of your time, Steve, so we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, you to, guys are the best. To, to hit on what we, we've discussed tonight, um, if, if you need to to book a spot and and if you haven't done this course book a spot and and jokes aside i've, I've already made note of my my diary i'm gonna try and get a day's leave on the eighth so i can i can i can get a, a a spot as well um 6th of october one day class 7th of october dry fire tune-ups it's going to take two and a half hours out of your day so even if you can take a half day's leave um Steve, while while he's 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 wrong about holster angle and, and, and the greatest bands in the world, is really good on dry fire stuff. That's why he's known as that dry fire guy. Um on the 8th of October is a mental management course. And then if you can from the 8th to the 10th of October, you're gonna get massive value if you can do the, the mental management and the two-day, two-day shooting class. So uh email Shanae at straightshooter.co.za or email Steve at steve at andersonshooting.com yep. or just message one of us and, and we'll get you in touch with with the correct people uh but but find a way to do this it, you you're gonna get benefit you're gonna get your money's worth and i will give you a guarantee that if you didn't get your money's worth i'm not gonna give you money back because you're stupid um but i'm gonna guarantee you that you're stupid if you can get your money's worth so go do the course uh from our side, Steve, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to deal with us. Um, we really appreciate it. There's, Thanks, Terry. It's, like jokes aside, it's, it's really nice that, that you'll take time out of a busy day to, to talk to us. Um, so thank you. You're welcome, sir. My, my pleasure. And I just want to point out that the Iron Maiden is so great that they only need three guitar players to put on a good show. <laughs> That's how great Iron Maiden is. You know, <laughs> we may not be having that third episode with Mr. Anderson because um, while he's quite clever about dry fire, he's terrible about music. That's um, okay. <laughs> I actually like Iron Maiden quite a bit. Um, infinitely better than Rush, by the way. So, I mean, yeah, don't well, get me started on Rush. You know, you know, the best thing out of Canada is, um, I don't know, the flight out of Canada. Um, Here's here's what Rush does. Rush takes everything that is fun about rock and roll and removes it and gives you what remains. So everything about rock and roll that's not fun, you can get from Rush. Oh man. Want it to be fun, let's let's talk about Van Halen. And we're of course we're we're coming up on a year on Eddie's passing, which is gonna be uh somber, but gosh, what a great human being he was. 
And they are great. Absolutely. I mean, Van Halen were or are game changing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 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 they're they're multiple bands in one, um, and and they're almost as good as Maiden. Almost. <laughs> Derek driving Almost. that point home. <laughs> oh, I think my course view for that just went up a bit. Um. Well, it, 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 it tripled. It would have been cheaper to do the, the three day than it was to make that comment. <laughs> no, it's um, fine. And, and so everybody loves their favorite band, you know, it's, it's all there is to it. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It's it's, it's just like people. It's just like people. Make, you know, people make fun of IDPA. They love their sport just as much as you love your sport. Your sport might be IDPA. You know, doesn't doesn't make them wrong. And, mm. and we won't make too much fun of you for that. I I, I am uh, like I think I'm a five gun master in IDPA, so I'm allowed to make all the IDPA jokes I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, Steve, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate you taking. T- I, I know you're a busy man, and, and we really appreciate you taking time to chat to us. Uh, we we hope our listeners are gonna gonna make the effort to to go train with you. And uh, um, Gaz Corn. Yeah, thank, I, thank you very much. Go for it, Corn. You finish up, then I'll wrap up. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I am going to get Gaz to make a change to the rules for uh, next month. That unless you've done at least mental management, at least you should do the others, but at least mental management, you cannot be in the club, no matter how many five-star ratings you leave. So, what happens if you've got Nexus Pro, though? This well, is the pro next is pro next is pro next. The joy of the month club or what, what, what club are we talking about? This is the welcome to the gun show club where oh. you have to guys, we need to get you to say this though. Cause I can't steal the thunder. So the welcome to the gun show club is um, basically you have to like um, and subscribe and then minimum requirement of five stars to be an eligible club member. And for so that, that you get nothing other than being in Gaz's club. Yes. Cool. Gaz Which Gaz doesn't know what the actual membership is right now. Well, we'll know once we've seen the uh, the attendee list for uh, mental management. <laughs> yes. Better be large people. Yeah. Awesome. No. So th- those will be the club rules for this, this episode. So guys, please get on it. If you've got any questions, hit any one of us up. Otherwise, Steve, thank you very much for your time. We do appreciate it. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to seeing you in October. I can't wait. Absolutely. Cannot wait. I have all right, guys, to- I'm going to go. I'm going to go feed some dogs. Awesome. And on that bombshell. Thank you very much. Get right, to work. Guys, a- Get to work. Out. See you, work. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Steve, Cheers, thank Steve. you very much. Steve, Bye. thanks so much, dude. We really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>